The Heroes and Villains Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks and contests, and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. DGENs assemble. Welcome to Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me as always is my co-host and partner, Mr. Andrew, the TD King. Rob, happy Thursday, sir. How are we doing? Happy Friday, Eve. Oh, yes. Happy NFL football day, baby. It's that back. Too. Is that what they call it? NFL football day? I don't know. It's just what I called it all day. It's what I had it in my calendar, NFL football day, just, just so I remembered that there was actual NFL football on the night. Yes, may only be the Hall of Fame game, but as a sicko, I love myself some football, man. I don't care what it is. So uh, it was exciting to start watching this game. I mean, the game's not, it's it's not off to a great start, but I mean, hey, that's all right. We're still we're still in it. We're still uh, able to see a couple of flyers that people have been talking about throughout the offseason for best ball. So I am all right with that. Feels good, baby. Let's go. Mike Rob shouting out that we're on opposite ends of the camera here. He would prefer if you were on my side and I was on your side. That's okay. That's all right. Flip, That's, it. Uh, Flip it around. I, I, I'm not going to bother with that. You know, that was just the, uh, you know, the stream yard giving me a hard time. You know, you see Wayne, uh, Wayne's World basement down here. Can't we just uh, drag our screens? I think you just dra dragged the screen. Yeah, there oh, we go. Look at that. Hey, there Wayne. it is. Let's all, do it. All for you, Mike. Yeah. All for That's you, Mike. Right. Thanks, Mike. Keep Appreciate us you, on, buddy. Uh, keeping us honest. <laughs> yeah, that was just a StreamYard giving us a hard time. Shout out all the Spotify listeners that don't get to see this. Be sure to drop a review and uh, download the episode. We appreciate you. We are getting right around to the start of the football season. We've got about 35 days until kickoff. Very, very exciting stuff. Tonight, we are back talking Millie Maker tight ends. Tight ends that we trust to be on million-dollar rosters on Best Ball Mania 4 come the end of this season. Very excited to get into this topic. Before we jump into our guys, Andrew, talk a little bit about how you like to draft tight ends, whether you're going like hero tight end, elite tight end versus like, you know, putting in a stack. Do you draft four tight ends? Do you draft three? What's your preferred method and how do you tackle it as you're going through ADP? Well, first, as a fantasy slash best ball endurance athlete, I do want to debut the uh, ah yes fantasy yes. endurance athlete shirt. So I'm going to go ahead and stand up. Please here stand up. People. Yeah. Yeah, let them see. Yeah, there it is. SGPN merch store. Get to it. Shout Boom. out Jake Paquin. That's right. Shout out Jake. Uh, it's a long time in the coming, or yeah, long time in the making uh, for a uh, fantasy endurance athlete shirt. Uh, I know there will be other uh, renditions of this, but this was the first release of it. So um, I, I think it looks really good. It feels really good. So make sure you go over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Get yours now if you are a best ball or fantasy freak slash endurance athlete. So uh, to answer your question, Justin, though, I am either uh, I'm more of a, a great or late kind of guy. So I like to take either one of the uh, elite guys or somebody I feel has an elite upside. Mm -hmm. uh, if I don't do that, 
then I take, you know, then I like to take like three towards the end of the draft. Uh, by taking okay. an elite one, I try not to take three unless it really makes sense for a coral week 17 correlation stack. Uh, mm-hmm. If I can't find anything like that, then I will just take two. If I take like a Mark Andrews or a Darren right. Waller, you know, what, what, somebody Travis with Kelsey. A, more of an elite upside. Correct. Yeah. Kelsey, obviously. Um, so, yeah. So that's how I'm drafting or how I have been drafting so far. I'm very, very similar. There's very few times where I'll draft a tight end, uh, a tight end three, a three with Travis Kelsey. The reason I like to do it sometimes is if I'm very weak at receiver and I really need to push Kelsey into my flesh or my flex spot, like really try to push him into more of a flex position than a tight end, then that's something that I'm willing to do. Tell the people why they shouldn't be drafting four tight ends because I am seeing so much of right now or so much of that approach right now as the casuals are starting to enter the lobbies more frequently here i'm seeing you know four quarterbacks four tight ends and you know at at a lot of points i don't mind it because i'm scooping up you know better values at running back and receiver but tell the folks why that's a bit of a misstep in, in best ball and in this you know large uh gameplay format you know hundreds of thousands of people well uh for starters i mean Going for tight ends is not optimal because of the uh, positional. How do I want to explain? So it the the tight end position scores the least amount of points on average. So why fill your team with four of the guys that are going to not really score a ton? I mean, are you really going to unless you're taking a Kelsey or an Andrews? You're really not going to have a guy on your team that's going to score a ton of you know points potentially. I mean, there's really not a lot of guys on a lot of tight ends anyway that have that elite upside you know there's Hawkinson may Waller may Pitts may right but I think Andrews and Kelsey are the safe bets if you already have one of those guys why are you taking three more guys there'd be no way that all three of those guys are going to outscore Kelsey on a given week so Mm -hmm. there's just there's no reason to do that I don't even think you should draft four if you're taking you know all of them at the very end if you take the last four rounds and draft tight ends I still don't think that's optimal three fine Mm -hmm. four's too many With that said, uh, I did see, um, and I cannot remember who put it out, but there was some data brought out about advance rates with four tight ends. Wasn't as Mm -hmm. bad as you thought it would be, but it still wasn't awesome. I'm never going to do the four tight end. That's just too many to, uh, I mean, you you can only start two of them potentially, but when is your, unless you're going Kelsey and Andrews or Kelsey Wall or something like that, you're really going to be hard pressed to find a week that both your tight ends would put points up on the board for you because one of them would have right. to fill a flex spot right so mm-hmm. i i it just yeah it's just not optimal especially when a uh, a position that scores on average the least amount of points on your team for me it's just if you're gonna win in this big contest if you're gonna bring in big returns 100k plus 200k a million three million whatever it is you need to hit so many high range of outcomes if you're gonna win it it's not gonna be backed by these you know drafting four tight ends it's going to be hitting home runs on whatever steals you have at that position because there are many tight ends that i consider to have tight end one potential drafted in the last three rounds we're going to be covering them tonight so if you're hitting those high range of outcomes with a tight end in round 16 through 18 finishing as a tight end one paired up with potentially a great tight end and say a Kelsey, an Andrews, a Hawkinson, he's being drafted as tight end three, then you're going to bring home big returns because more more than likely you're pushing that high-end tight end to that flex position. And then in those really big booming spike weeks, you're able to you know get that double production out of that late great tight end and then obviously the upfront great tight end. Uh, before yeah, we no. get into our picks here, uh, I did yep. want you to you know dive through the uh, 
dive through one of our uh, our big sponsors here. Yeah, and, and I do agree with Michael on that. I think that's more of an optimal strategy in, in weekly winners as opposed to, uh, you know, the best ball mania or big board or anything like that. Uh, but as you alluded to, uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast uh, is, uh, you know what, let's do the Patreon here. It's it's sitting here. Um, I, I think it's really important for people to know about the Patreon. Uh, so let's do the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is perfect for the diehard DGen like you and me. Uh, sign up for the Patreon to get ex- access to exclusive contests, including the NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 first place prize, plus a monthly SGP stories podcast and ad free uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DJs. There's even a discord channel just for the Patreons itself. Uh, the sports gambling podcast has and always will give out all their picks for free. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Do your part. Join the Patreon. Yes, sir. Plus, you get a cool little thing on the Discord. It changes colors. It says SGPN right beside your name. It's pretty cool. Yeah, nice, nice. Who is your first Millie Maker tight end of 2023? Maybe high exposure tight end or just someone that you firmly is going to believe or you believe, excuse me, is going to be on a million dollar roster come the end of the year. So yeah, so so the way I took this question when you proposed, you know, what our topic would be is I kind of looked at a couple of recent boards I drafted in, looked at where the tight ends are going, and thought to myself, where are some tight ends on here that I feel give you a good value um, to be able to be elite elsewhere while also having a good upside at your tight end. So mm-hmm. I first one on the board and always sticks out to me is. Uh, what seems like we might as well call him Mr. Uncoverable, and that's Darren Waller. Darren Waller, okay. on average, is going around seven in, in the mm-hmm. draft thing here. Um, I think he has more upside than George Kittle and Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. I would say on pace with Pitts and just behind Hawkinson. I, I, I really have, like, I would have Waller as my four right now. Um, I just think that his touchdown upside on a team that has no established wide receiver um, – his what seems like great connection with Dan Jones already. I mean, hell, they had to take him off the field so that Daniel Jones would start throwing to other people. Um, I just think that that connection's there. And if this man can stay healthy, I mean, a couple of years ago, we saw that he was awesome. He was one of the elite tight ends in the National Football League. And, mm-hmm. you know, in fact, though, he goes to a new team that actually wanted him, uh, you know, wants to utilize him, what I feel like in the red zone, probably more than people may allude to. Uh, he just he seems like a very good value right now. I don't think this is a tight end either that you need to force a Dan Jones stack with. I think he's an okay tight end just to have by himself. Maybe take a week seventeen mm-hmm. correlation with him, but uh, yeah, Dan Jones. I just I feel like this he he's gonna have a good value uh, in round seven. I like that round seven value, and there are definitely some drafts and lobbies where you'll get him at a value in round eight. There will definitely be some lobbies not favoring him, and it's a very good situation, like you said. Not a lot of competition at receiver. My only pushback on that is that there are so many targets for receiver. I still seeing this uh, team spreading the ball around. The offense is going to spread it around. Everybody's kind of going to get their taste. I do like the ability to stack as well. I mean, these late round receivers that you can stack him with are practically free. Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, Isaiah Hodgins. I don't know if you really want to go any deeper than that right now. Jalen Hyatt's getting a, a lot of hype in camp. Um, I'm not really big into drafting Sterling Shepard. Wandell Robinson. And then, of course, if you spend your first pick on Barkley, this is another really solid uh, comeback or bring back pick uh, to pair with him. And another pushback that I do have is just 
my uncertainty of Daniel Jones' efficiency in the passing game. He's still going to, you know, run with his legs when things are, you know, not going going his way, right? Like he's still going to push the ball down the field using his legs. He only threw for 15 passing touchdowns last season. How far can he really progress, you know, beyond 15? Like even if he hits 24, that's a, a, a significant improvement. But is that a booming type of season, you know, for Darren Waller? What, what does he really get out of that? Two things I, I can push back on a little bit. Uh, one, mm-hmm. there's not many tight ends that I think can lead their team in potential targets and touchdown okay. catches. I think Darren Waller fits fits that mold. Okay. Uh, with I have a rebuttal Giants. to that with my next pick, but all right. Okay. Um, second thing is that um, how did Josh Allen perform his second year with Brian Dable? Much better than his first year. Yeah, but Most I'm not going to consider Darren Waller stefan diggs that's that's no, a different I, level of an addition like i think I that's kind of a stretch i i know where you're going with that and being able to process that playbook that extra familiarity yeah you're a thousand percent correct that's a check mark that's a plus sign for him but i think that the situation is just far different because he already had saquon barkley there and the team really produced well on the ground and i thought that that brought a very significant uh positive outcome for Daniel Daniel Jones last season. I feel like they're going to continue to roll with that same type of projected offense, putting the ball on the ground first. And that's that's my big pushback here. I, I totally understand what you're saying. Daniel Jones should be better. He should have a better familiarity with this offense at, in year two. Again, just how far can he really progress? Like the high range of outcomes. What's the most passing touchdowns you think Daniel Jones can throw this year? Um, Probably 23, 24, wow. somewhere in there. Okay, so eight to nine more. Yeah. Okay. I think that's in the range of outcomes for him. I, I, I truly okay. do. I mean, again, do, do you think that they're going to be leading a lot of games? Probably not, right? That's like, true. he's probably going to throw the ball. I think that, I think the, I'm not saying he's going to get there. I just think that that's probably his ceiling is somewhere right around that, that 23 mark. Um, mm-hmm. With that, if I'm correct on that, I feel like Darren Waller can obtain double digit touchdowns, but more realistically, probably be around seven or eight. Feel okay. like it, at seven or eight. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like that pushes him into the top five category. No, that that's fair. And where he's going in round seven, I really like that value. You're being able to sit on the tight end position. You're not rushing, you know, to get one of those elite guys. But he is still a tight end that I would consider backing up with another two tight ends. I don't feel like he's fail safe or in that elite category. We've seen him be that guy with the Raiders, but I'm just not sure that he's going to get that same type of volume with the Giants like that that's just my big my big pushback there um and I guess the guy that I would rebuttal with as far as like total receptions touchdowns outside of a course of Travis Kelsey I mean he's practically you know a wide receiver right right yeah <laughs> Mike Rob for the Spotify listeners saying Andrew blink twice if Kramer is in the room making you uh, I, say this I, I'm on Kramer's side of the boss bet between him and uh him and Sean with the Dallas Goddard I I, I do think Waller outscores Goddard this year hot take So around ahead of him, I'm going to just dive in with Kyle Pitts. He's coming off the board as tight end five. You can get him anywhere in rounds five or six. He did finish as a tight end one in his rookie season, and I have no issue drafting him at his ADP. You can get him typically anywhere from eight to ten picks after. there. I've seen plenty of lobbies fade him or just fade the position kind of in that same draft range, prioritizing running back and wide receiver in that draft range or – you know, a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence, whatever it may be. So I've been getting him at value, and he's actually uh, decently high on my exposure list. I have him, let's see here. Uh, oh, those are rankings, not my exposure list. I have him at, is that eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eh, ten. 
he's in the top 10. I feel I feel pretty good about that, though. Uh, spending a fair amount on him, about 11.5% of my draft stock, 300 bucks. So I feel I feel pretty good about that. Did finish as a tight end one in his rookie season. And yeah, Drake London, he's competition. Bijan is competition. But it's tough for, for me to still argue that those guys would just straight up lead the team in receptions. And when we get into the scoring zone, if this team's going to continue to score points with frequently or more, more so than last season with the QB change from Marcus Mariota to Desmond Ritter, I have to believe that Kyle Pitts is going to be a big benefactor of an improved offense, more efficient run game, and just getting into scoring territory more often. I've seen a lot of pushback on it. Oh, I'm not ready to get hurt again. But at the end of the day, he's healthy. He looks fine right now. And people are you know, projecting their offense to be better than it was last year. Marcus Mariota taking way too many inefficient shots downfield. Desmond Ritter, very good at processing. You know, his uh, his process ability is one of his like best traits coming out of college, being able to articulate Arthur Smith's playbook onto the field and having again another another year similar to Daniel Jones in a new offense, I think it could bring in high returns. I, I can easily see Kyle Pitts finishing, you know, as a top five tight end. Yeah, you're not going to hear much of a rebuttal here on me. Um, I, I like Pitts. I, I'm in agreement with you. Um, I just I, Pitts and Waller feel similar to me. A Waller mm-hmm. you can get usually two rounds later ish. I, I would just rather just take Waller in that yeah, scenario. Um, but, that's but, fair. but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you just said about Pitts. I mean, we saw what he did his rookie year. I mean, there's not too mm-hmm. many tight ends that come in that do that. So obviously he's special. Like his hands are, are fantastic. I mean, we saw it in college. Right. So I have no rebuttal there. I just, again, the, the value is a little better on Waller. Um, and I feel like they're in similar spots, but I like that Pitts. I mean, really, besides Drake London, they don't really have anybody. I mean, they have Bijan, of course. It, and don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, Bijan's awesome. But in the passing game, behind London I mean it's it's Pitts right so I yeah. really think that Pitts has a uh has a high floor uh I don't say high floor high he has a high ceiling um I between Pitts and Waller who do you think has a lower floor Waller just based off of injury I mean I know Kyle Pitts was hurt last season but still I mean we've seen that just be a more consistent narrative for him okay all right. No, I and, and I respect that. I just yeah, I, I I don't know. I'd have to really dive deep into who I think has a, a better floor. Um, but yeah, I just I think that they're similar. I'll just take the value on Waller. <clears throat> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh before I get into my next tight end, I do want to tell the good people here about underdog fantasy. This is where we are de- doing all of our drafts. Underdog fantasy is brought our uh, SGPN is brought to you by underdog fantasy. The NFL season's right around the corner. And Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and also uh, is available in a ton of markets, plus plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contest. And of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4, where first place gets $3 million, $15 million total up for grabs. Head over to underdogfantasy.com, use our promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code S-G-P-N. Okay, and we're back. Party on, Andrew. Party on. Showing. So, I'm going to give you a double here. Uh, oh, hello. I, I think it's the Bills tight ends. Both of them. Oh, no. I, I've, I've changed my tune a little bit on, on Kincaid. Am I buying I into the camp hype a little bit? Oh. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit, eh? Yeah, I, I was. I was solely. I was solely on Dawson Knox um, for a while, and I still really like Dawson Knox. The value between the two is solely on Knox. I, I will. I'm not going to fight that at all. 
all the values on Knox because, I mean, again, he's going uh, – uh, let's see. On average, the last four drafts I looked at, round uh, what was it? round 16 Ooh. for Dawson Knox, round yeah. 12 for Kincaid. So I would prefer the Knox part of this. But if Kincaid is playing anything of a slot role for them a little bit, I think Kincaid has a good – a good shot at outperforming where he's going. Um, I think just taking a shot on either one of these guys is smart for a few reasons. First off, mm-hmm. it's it's a team that's probably going to score a lot of points that behind Diggs and Gabe Davis, it's unknown who the next in the pecking order truly is. Sure. Uh, you know, I like James Cook a whole lot. So I think What's he on? has a, you know, he, he has a good season this year probably. So I, I think that one of these guys could potentially fail. One could be a, a really good value. I'm not sure exactly which one it is. Again, the, the, the Knox value is better than the Kincaid one, but mm-hmm. Kincaid just, man, he's, he's kind of polarizing a little bit. I think that this could be, this year to me is kind of turning into one of those, it's going to be more of a unicorn year where normally we see tight ends of the rookie status kind of right. suck a little bit. This year, I think we're going to be talking about some of these guys on some waiver wire uh, things. And Kincaid's one of those guys. I, I just, I don't mind taking a shot on him just due to the fact of what the offense is, um, you know, what role he could potentially play in this offense. And Knox isn't 100% healthy right now. He he did get hurt a few weeks ago. So I think that if Knox, again, happens to get hurt and is out for a longevity or a, a long um, time throughout the year, uh, mm-hmm. Kincaid going in the 12th round is going to look a lot better at that point. So I don't want to make the case for one Ugh. over the other outside of Knox's value. I just think it's smart to take one of them in your drafts. I just feel like the tight ends going around Dalton Kincaid's ADP. Uh, trying to give a good here, look here, at my I, list I, here. I have it up right now. My my last one here. I'll give you the... I, uh, I have two names on my list that'll go around his ADP. So I don't, I don't need to peep those just yet. I'll bring those up when we get to them. I'll okay. just do my breakdown between Knox and Kincaid. Even if Knox is a little bit banged up, it says he's back at practice a day ago. His ADP is 60 spots after. Talk about having that familiarity familiarity, excuse me, in the offense. He's going to have all the check marks, in my opinion. Dalton Kincaid might have a spike week here and there, but at his ADP of 129, tight end 12. Tight end 12 is an unproven rookie. Why wouldn't I take Sam Laporta, who I think is parked back uh, probably closer to Dawson Knox territory, who's in a much better scenario Porta, to just play more snaps? Porto Tight end 12. Going in, uh, Porto's going in round 13, so one round after Kincaid on average. Sam so, Laporta, 156. Yeah, tight end 18. So one, that doesn't make any sense. Someone I think in your draft specifically may have just pulled him up the board, but he's his tight end ranking on underdog is six spots after also, form uh, same rookie, whatever rookie class, um, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox. I have two hundred seventy-five dollars, ten percent share, zero, zero. Dalton Kincaid, my friend, I, I do not like him at his ADP. There are just other names, and I can get to him here soon that I would just rather choose at that ADP. Uh, we got Mike San uh, for the Spotify listeners. I get Davis at wide receiver two, but I feel both tight ends can have more targets than him. How much he seemed to regress last year? Yeah, I mean, we definitely saw a little bit of Davis regression last season, but we could, I mean, in this offense, there, it's just a vacuum for passing production, right? Anybody can scoop it up in a given time, but I think at the end of the day, there's just a lot higher trust with the top guys like Stephon Diggs, James Cook, uh, even Damon Harris is uh, getting a lot, lot more love right now in training camp. 
And I think that uh, Khalil Shakir is going to be a little bit better than people anticipate, uh, vacuuming up some targets from Isaiah McKenzie's departure to the Colts. Um, I get it. I just feel like it's all hype. Like it's kind of similar to the Anthony Richardson ADP. I, he may have settled now at QB 12. You don't even know if he's going to be the starter the majority of the season. So I feel like I'm just paying too much of a premium for Dalton Kincaid at tight end 12. Again, like I, I prefer all of the guys. I mean, like I just told you, I don't have any shares of them. So, of course, all the other guys I'm going to list, these are all top exposure players for me. Um, before we do, why don't you tell the good folks of, uh, about Underdog and some of our uh, benefits over there? You want me to tell about Underdog again? Oh, yeah, I guess we already did that. My bad. I was looking at the time <laughs> thinking we were over. I was like, hey, man, I like underdog a lot, too. If you want, I, That's true. I can say it twice. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Greg Dolchich, ADP 126, tight end 11, one ranking above Dalton Kincaid. I feel like that's a much better situation. He's going to play the majority of the uh, snaps for the Broncos this season. You already have a little bit more upside. May you rest in peace, Tim Patrick, and fantasy football. So, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll get on the field again. But there just seems like more and more upside is swinging in favor of uh, Greg Dolchich. I'll have another name after this as well. Uh, but just kind of giving into his value, he's going anywhere between rounds nine and eleven, and I like that situation far more. Okay, I, I do want to I want to read some stuff off here to you really quick. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, last year fantasy tight end finishes um, mm-hmm. from any person who or any tight end that scored under 90 points that started at tight end nine, which is Dawson Knox. He had 87 mm-hmm. points last year. Again, this is standard. You know what? Here, I'll switch to PPR. Uh, no, let's go half PPR because that's what underdog is. So that's that's what I'm uh, underdog. Uh, okay, so let's take anybody from 115 points or less. That starts with tight end 10, Adalton Schultz. Uh, from 10 all the way down to 20, that's only a difference of 30 points. points throughout the year. I was close. It's not that many. 30 points, and this is half PPR. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the the point I'm making here about, about the points, and because and you're, you're saying about Dalton Kincaid being tight end 12 right now, is the difference between 12 to like 20 or 22, it's not mm-hmm. really that much on a per-game basis. You're making I my point like, for me, bud. Yeah, but I feel like taking the shot on somebody, it's the devil you don't know in this instance instead of the devil you do on some of these. The devil like, we I, know is rookie tight ends. And if they're not in a situation, if there's not a clear path to production. Didn't you just tell us about Kyle Pitts two years ago? Yeah, but that dude, that is the unicorn. Come on now. Like you can't you can't call every rookie tight end Kyle Pitts. He was you like Laporta. He was being comped to a receiver. I like Laporta more. Isn't that? I like Laporta more because of his ADP one and two. He has very little competition for targets outside of Amon Ra and Jameer Gibbs, who's a running back. There's a clearer path to production. He doesn't have one of these teams going to score more points. Oh, that's that's probably still the Bills. But by how how much? By how much? Can I get a Can I get a margin? Can I get like a? What's the margin you'd want? I don't know. I've, I'd have to look it up from last year. Like, give me like a good, like you know, a good number to to attack here. But I feel like, yeah, I could take that bet. But you got to get, you got to give me a spread. I feel like that's not going to be fair. Well, I mean, is, is the reason the reason a, I would say the Lions spread in baseball? The, the reason I would say the Lions stand a chance to be, you know, within within a specific spread is because their defense is so bad. You know what I mean? Like they're just gonna have to score points. They're gonna be playing from behind oh a lot. Oh my god! You what's, guess what's what the, the margin was? Guess what the margin was last year? Eighty points. I don't know. Two. 
two points difference. The Lions score 453. The Bills score 455. So who's laughing now, pal? Whoa. Still. And again, that's not that's not me saying like, oh, yeah, rush to Sam Laporta. But if I'm drafting a rookie tight end, I don't want to do it at tight end 12. I just don't feel that comfort level there. If I'm You'd getting rather him, do it at tight end, what is it, 15? What's Laporta? It was, it was six spots back. It was tight end 18. Okay. Well, the, the, the difference in fantasy yeah. points between those two might be 15 points, maybe. Right, exactly. So give me the value, Andrew. Again, you're making my point for me. Give me the <laughs> yeah. value. I think the point that, that we truly are making here is that I think it's okay to take one of these rookie tight ends in this race. It is. Because, it is. I mean, now, I, I'm, are you caveat? Are you telling the people that they should be drafting Laporta as your tight end one? No, no. no okay, because yeah, I'm not scary. making that point. I'm yeah. not making that point for Kincaid either. That I, is I don't super think that scary. Should be your one. Yes. No, that is super scary. And if you do have those guys as your ones, then like, yeah, you might need to draft four tight ends. Don't do that. But, you know, your last two picks or whatever, your next three picks after that, you know, you need to be looking at tight ends for two solid uh, picks there. Um, yeah, I don't I, I don't I don't think that it's terrible to get Kincaid. I just feel like the price is just so overvalued because of the offense that he's in. People look at the look at the the roster. They see, you know, a lot of opportunity because. Who else is going to catch the ball other than Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis? I'm with you. I'm saying James Cook is going to get his. Dawson Knox is going to get his. We've seen Dawson Knox have plenty of spike weeks in the past. So I feel like there's a lot of opportunity there. Uh, sorry for my uh, my video lagging here. I've been clicking in and out, hoping I can uh, get some stability here. But it seems like it's still going uh, pretty hardcore. Um, but no, those are not situations where you want to go naked with you know two tight ends, including a rookie tight end, period. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Laporta, Kincaid, or any of these other guys. But again, at tight end 12, that is very expensive, in my opinion. I brought up Greg Dolchich. I'll throw you another one before we kick it back to you and say Dalton Schultz, who we've seen in situations where he's just been absolutely peppered with targets. And in a Houston Texans offense where I don't see much competition, maybe Nico Collins, I'm sure Robert Woods is going to you know, be a heavy starter on snaps until the wheels fall off, but there isn't a lot of competition there. And you can kind of trust a safety valve, low A dot tight end with a rookie QB more so than I feel like, again, Dalton Kincaid in a situation where you're battling Dawson Knox constantly for, you know, scoring zone touches, uh, for just snaps in general. I feel like that's a much safer scenario. Tight end 13, ADP 137, so about eight or nine picks after Dalton Kincaid still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, yeah, no significant I mean, argument there? No, not not really. Um, I, I like the offense. Uh, I think it's going to be better. Uh, you know, I yeah, I mean, I – Truly, I don't really have um, much of a, uh, of a rebuttal there. I mean, it's not somebody I've drafted a, a lot of so far, mm-hmm. but it's not somebody I'd shy away from either. I just usually there, there's other like wide receivers and, and running backs I like to take around him. That's why I don't have a lot of exposure to him. Um, sure. but I, I truly don't have a big rebuttal there. I, I think it's a fine value play on a guy that, that has some some larger upside than uh, some of the other tight ends going around him. He went in round 12 in this last draft I did. <laughs> this guy was in here last time and talking to us as well. Uh, Sports Spotlight. This mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the tight ends, but uh, I do want to address it for him. Real quick. No, he's got Kelsey in take? there. Uh, see, he does have Kelsey in there. It's funny. Assuming this is PPR, who are you taking? Eckler, Cup, or Kelsey? You know the answer is Cup. Okay. Uh, if it's straight up PPR, 
I think Cup's the answer. If it's half point or standard, it's Eckler for me. If it's tight end premium, 1,000% Kelsey. But I don't think I Good can answer. take Kelsey over Eckler or Cup, to be honest. Good answer, Andrew. Thank you. Thank Knocked you. it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, you want my my next homie? Yeah, who you got? Who you got? I've So far, I've gone through Pitts, pitch, pitch, Dolchich, and Dalton Schultz. Yes. Um, my next guy is Trey McBride. Uh, going okay. currently, uh, usually the around depths. 17. A uh, couple reasons that I like him real quick. First off is uh, how many guys on the Cardinals truly scare you to soak up all the targets? I, I don't think there's too many of them there. You yeah, got Marquise I mean, Brown. I'll, I'll draft Marquise Brown at ADP occasionally. I don't like doing mm-hmm. it, but a lot of times if I'm going wide receiver heavy, I can get him as my fourth or my fifth receiver. So I don't, I don't hate that. Um, Rondell Moore is a guy that I like to get well after his ADP, which I've done many times. I've got him anywhere from eight to 14 to 20 picks after his ADP. And I'll buy that up just based off of the potential snaps that he'll play. That's it. And then, yeah, I like Trey McBride a lot. I was drafting a lot of him in uh, the big board, not so much in the best ball mania, but I drafted a lot of him in the big board. Yep. Um, yeah, I just, I think McBride, again, he's one of these guys I feel like could be the, the two ish on his team in targets. Uh, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a Mackey award winner, meaning that he was the best tight end in, in college football. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's on a team that doesn't really have a whole lot of, uh, breadwinners, shall we call them on the team. I sure. think that they're going to be behind in a majority of their games. And he plays the position that it doesn't really matter who's at quarterbacks. I don't care if it's Kyler. I don't care if it's Colt McCoy. I don't care if it's Joe Schmo off the street. What happens when people get in trouble? They look for a guy close to the line of scrimmage. That's probably going to be the tight end in this uh, instance. And the mm-hmm. tight end's always a reliable guy, right? I just feel like, I mean, out of these names who went around him in this last draft, tell me if you take any of these guys over Trey McBride. Hayden Hurst. No. Luke Musgrave. No. Michael Mayer. Maybe, but no. Hunter Henry. No. Jake Ferguson. Yes. Okay, so that 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 was the one too. That out of all these guys, the other guy was Isaiah Likely. That I'm like, ah, I could take no. Likely over McBride as well. McBride um, will play more snaps. I don't. I, I I respect the Likely love. It's just that he plays behind one of the best tight ends in the game, and right, they have right, right. and they have more depth at receiver. If we were, if he had another year of experience, and they still had a similar wide receiver room to years past, we could have a little bit more hype on him. But people keep saying, oh, he's he's an injury away from a top 10 tight end season. Yeah, so is Taysom Hill, okay? Chill out. Like, anybody is. Yeah. John um, Smith is if Kyle Pitts gets hurt. Stop. Like, come on, please. I don't know about that. Uh, uh, we got some... wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, yeah, anyway, so j- just to finish my point on Jeremy McBride, I just think he's a, mm-hmm. he's in a, a good spot on a team that doesn't have a whole, whole lot of things. I think he's going to soak up targets on the team as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And, again, he came out of college a very good tight end. For your probably last tight end on your team, you could do worse. Uh, I truly think this guy could be a part of a team that wins a bunch of money. Uh, and again, th- they played the Eagles week 17. The Eagles mm-hmm. are probably going to crush them. Uh, he might just yeah. soak up Playing a bunch for a of targets. Pick. Playing for a draft he might pick. Just, yeah, I mean, he might just soak up a ton of targets. Uh, so yeah, so Trey McBride, round 17, draft him. You're welcome. For reference, uh, Zach Ertz. Their other tight end, he's on the pup list right now. I had a dream he was traded to the Washington football team. 
Zach Ertz. God, please never. God, no. At the trade no. deadline? No. I don't think that's terrible if he's healthy. That's awful. I'd much rather just stick with the rookies or the, the, the young guys on Washington or Logan Thomas. I want nothing to do with, as my one buddy calls him, Zach. I think he's like very similar to Logan Thomas, if not worse or better. So, all right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we got sports highlight in the chat asking about Dallas Goddard or Hawkinson. Give me Hawkinson at, at or before ADP. Give me Dallas Goddard yes. after ADP. I think that's a very translatable pick of the two yeah i don't I mean, think you these guys i don't think you turned down either of them but uh, you know they're going in a different range right so yeah, it's not like they're going say, right like after each other you usually don't have to choose between the two because they're going in a separate range but yeah I, I agree with you uh it is um it is not goddard for me get a little bit more value out of goddard because of the offense that he's in obviously aj brown Devontae smith they're going to clean up some high volume targets but i like the potential for dallas goddard in the scoring zone the problem is is that you have just a bevy of running backs there. DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell. Boston Scott will probably get his random two-touchdown game at some point. You know what I mean? So that's just a lot to look out for there. So I want to get him a little bit after ADP. Watching Jamie the Browns. Yeah, see, Jamie, I figured he was watching Jamie, the Browns. <laughs> I took the Browns to win by one through six points, man. This is not cool. I can tell you, Kellen Munn does not look like the guy they want to have as the backup there. At least in this game, he did. Well, not yeah, look they're sitting down. Super good. That's why. I, t- I mean, I made the pick like two days ago. I didn't really care. It was like you know, a ten dollar yeah. pick. Yeah, I used free DraftKings dollars. So, you know, what are you gonna do? Yep. I use the other half of my free DraftKings dollars for uh, my season long props. <laughs> All right, my next guy here, let's go to my number one, my most exposed tight end. I'm gonna double down on that round seventeen, Andrew. Tyler Conklin of the New York Jets. Buddy can ball, has no competition for touches, snaps, getting on the field. He's going to be now playing with the most efficient quarterback in the last decade in Aaron Rodgers. This is a very good situation. I like Alan Lazard in theory, but I see an opportunity and a path to production, production for Tyler Conklin to potentially be second in the team in total targets. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to play safe with the ball. He's going to hook up with his guys that he knows well, but he's certainly going to have more production than Randall Cobb in the passing game. Obviously, Garrett Wilson being healthy is going to be a big part of this. If he's not playing well and up to the standard, then the offense may flutter a little bit. But if you do see like a prolonged injury for any of those receivers, enter Tyler Conklin. I think he's in for a big year. He's been oddly efficient, actually, uh, these past few seasons. I think he's had 87 targets in back-to-back seasons, and he's caught, I want to say, between 67 or not 67, 57 and 58 catches somewhere in that range. He's been pretty reliable. They haven't invested in any other tight ends via the draft, free agency. I think it's a very good opportunity and just someone I'm looking at staring at in round 17. There's zero movement on this guy. He's just been camped out in the same ADP for weeks, months. It just hasn't changed. I'm all about him right now. Uh, tight end 23 ADP 188 coming off the board anywhere in round 16 to 18, depending how aggressive your league is getting with, uh, with tight ends. He's someone that I'm comfortable taking as my second behind a, a great tight end and maybe an Andrews or a Kelsey or a Hawkinson. And I feel like I'm a rich man when I get him in a grouping of three. Yeah. Uh, Again, not not much of a rebuttal that you're going to hear from me here. I do. I, I like Conklin. I agree with everything that you're saying. Um, I don't know if he can become the two on the team. I think he. I think three is definitely in the realm of possibility. Um, I, I think that Lazard could potentially be a little undervalued right now for them. You know, mm-hmm. he knows Rogers obviously, so I think that that connection might might linger throughout the year longer than some people may may believe. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you could do worse for sure. I mean, I'm looking at the guys going around him, Jawan Johnson, Mike Kosicki, the aforementioned Dawson Knox. I mean, out right. of those guys, Knox is the only one I'd really definitely want to draft over him. Jawan Johnson and him are close for me, but I think I if I have really come down to it, Conklin, you know, over Johnson for me as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, why not take the guy who has like the best quarterback out of any of these guys left down here? Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and and if unless the Jets fully go full on run mode, I think that, that would be the only way Conklin wouldn't repay his ADP is if they just truly ran the shit out of the box, especially in the red zone. Um, mm-hmm. if they don't do that though, Conklin definitely is a good value at his ADP right now. Dang. Um, again, he, he went 192 in this one, so that's round 16, so that was a little aggressive. From what um you know from what uh, other drafts I've seen, they did not sign Dalvin Cook. I mean, Buddy went out there and practiced with him. Ouch! They were like, nah. They, we, they we didn't saw sign him practice. Yet. Uh, it doesn't sound like they're close from what I'm reading in the media, though. It sounds yeah, like they're still and... they're still far apart. I don't know what this dude's asking for, like you know, beer flavored titties or what. Like he's got a big ask or a big wish list on his uh, contract or his deal. I don't know if it's the money or what. The green skittles, I. I don't know what's going on with Buddy, but he's playing the villain role right now in these contract negotiations. <laughs> so I don't know what what's uh, what's going on there. But we thought he was all but going to sign with Miami. We thought he was all but going to sign with the Jets. No movement. I mean, there's really no progress other than the fact that I, he practiced with them. Like, what does that mean? Like, you know, I guess we'll have to wait for the first episode of Hard Knocks. I don't. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> they, they were there apparently filming that that was in the in the notes like oh yeah he he practiced with the team you know he was looking good quote unquote quote unquote looking good hard knocks was there filming no contract and then like two or three days later still far apart I'm like damn all right i mean yeah i i agree it's likely that still that they would you know be the odds favorite to land him but if they're far apart or he starts seeing opportunities elsewhere where he might make more money maybe seattle would give him more i don't know maybe Maybe the Bears would give him more. I mean, they're the Bears are being talked about as a potential landing spot for Jonathan Taylor. If they're somehow going to be in the market for somebody, I'd have to believe that Dalvin Cook could potentially be on that list, given the fact he has that familiarity with the division. Maybe he wants to stick one to the Vikings, you know, give him a good old shank, you know. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that would that would not be very favorable to the Conklin uh Conklin value, but I would still uh double dip. Uh, for Spotify listeners, we've got uh, Jamie in the chat jumping in saying wanting more of a workload. Jets, Jets won't give him. That makes sense because they have Brees and Michael Carter. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Michael Carter, baby. I don't want to see that for all my Michael Carter shares, by the way. I would prefer if Dalvin Cook would just go to, you know, go to the San Francisco 49ers. Go ruin Elijah Mitchell. Don't ruin Michael Carter. Don't okay? ruin CMC. Get Whatever. out of here. Stop that. Everyone talks about how the 49ers are going to ruin CMC anyways yeah. because they, they have a balanced attack. Elijah Mitchell will be yeah, his – The uh, balanced attack is it, they're going to split how often they throw it to him and let him run the ball. I mean – Hey, that's what I no want to believe. There's no way Shanahan's going to – That's what I want to believe, but a lot of the pushback I get from the public is that, you know, oh, so oh he, wow. he can't be the, C, the same CMC with uh, San Francisco. They divide up the touches too much. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen CMC play football, but I don't know why they would do that, but – didn't you ever hear the expression fade the public? I mean, come on. There's, there's a reason that's an expression. I have that right? tattooed on my butt. So, yeah. Pretty, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I see okay. it in the mirror in the morning. Right, right, right. Yeah, oh, right. man, you look at okay. yourself in the butt. Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, we got two different plays here. Um, so, who's your next guy? I have, so I have one more grouping of people I want to talk about, and then I have one solo guy. Uh, so, I guess I'll go with the solo, solo. guy real quick. 
Uh, and again, I've been beating the drum for him, and it's only going to get a little better because his ADP has now fell. But Chigo Conquo, I can't quit him. I just keep thinking. You got to do it. I, I do think it honestly hurts him that, that Hopkins is there. I'm on that side of no. this. Uh, I saw some people no. say, like, oh, Hopkins being there, it helps him because now he's going to draw more coverage away, blah, blah, blah. And could that happen? Sure. But you don't go get Hopkins to then throw more to Chig. It just right. it just isn't going to well, work that way. I, I think there's an argument that Hopkins does benefit the offense in a sense where, and I talked about this uh, for my Derrick Henry season-long touchdown pick, right? He had a total of nine and a half touchdowns. Shout out underdog. Shout out the fans. Underdog pulled that number because everybody was just smashing the over once they saw my uh, 50 picks in 50 days video. Shout out to those who did their part to get that number taken down. When you load the box, right, Derrick Henry saw a career 38% loaded box rate last season, and he has an average of 34% across the past five seasons. He's hit that, that over in each of those seasons, by the way. But when you don't have a loaded box, that also does free up the tight end. You know what I mean? Like there's there's less coverage up the middle of the field when you still have to double a DeAndre Hopkins. And dare I say, you may have to get a little bit more coverage on Traylon Burks too, but he's looking solid in training camp, just saying. So I do think that there is an argument there that he helps the run game and the middle of the field type of passing routes, which should elevate Oconquo's value a smidge. But when we're talking about total volume, we have to recognize he's going to take a hit. I think the efficiency is going to be there, but I think the volume has to take a hit. Yeah, and, and and that's what I'm getting to is yeah, I just I don't think the upside is there anymore for him on both touchdown and catches. I still think he can be pretty efficient with his catches, mm -hmm. so I I don't want to fully fade him now, uh, especially because his ADP is much more friendly than dip. why I've been getting him all season. So that kind of kind of sucks, but yeah, I'm definitely buying the dip. I've seen him go into the 150s. I've seen him in the 160s once or twice. Uh, generally, I think his ADP is like right around like 136, 137, somewhere in there. Um, I think any, getting him anywhere after that uh, is still a value because if you're taking Chig, you're probably uh, already realizing that you're going to take three tight ends. I am completely fine with Chig still being one of my three tight ends. I still mm -hmm. think that there's upside for him, just not the upside of where I thought he could finish as a tight end five, six-ish before. I think now he's going to be pressing to get to 10. Um, it, it's still viable, but it's it's not as viable as it once was. But I still think that it's a good good value pick for a guy that um, was awesome last year when they gave him work. And uh, mm -hmm. it, all this takes is one trailing Burke's asthma attack or he hey. can't get on the field again or hey. whatever the case may be. I, I'm it. saying it's a possibility. It. it could happen. Stop it. We're just one maybe injury away from Chig being right back in, in that, you know, tight end five, six, seven range. So, again, Chig. I've said enough about him throughout the season, so or uh, throughout mm -hmm. the summer here. So, uh, Chig mm -hmm. currently going ADP about 136, 137. Take him anywhere after 140 and feel all right with it. I have a lot of these guys. I have, let's see, DeAndre Hopkins, 15%, 425. Traylon Burks, uh, 325. That's 12%. Fourth Yikes. highest exposed tight end, Chicosium Aconquo. $382, 15%. I have a lot of these guys. So, yeah, if one goes down, the other stocks go up. Uh, also have a lot of Derrick Henry, I believe. Where's he at? I think the same type of range. Where's Henry? Oh, he's my second. Yeah, 622%. Love that ADP. So I, I do want to – I've seen some people say this exact same thing to me about – Chick was like, oh, he, he didn't play a whole lot. He didn't play a whole lot majority of the season. But if you look True. at his last seven games where they actually started to throw him the ball, if yep. you take those – what he scored on average in those games and put it through a whole season – 
he would have finished mm-hmm. as tight end six. He's definitely the best tight end on the team. He will be the tight end. So Jamie just potentially give him a shot, especially now that his ADP is lower than it has been. Uh, I don't pick, think though. he said, give me Higby over Chig. That's I'll fair. take that bet. I'll take that bet all day though. I, I just, I don't uh, think eh, I don't think that's I, I think you're going to need the spread there, bud, because Higby, if he's playing in all games, if he's healthy, that's really just a bet. If Higby's going to finish the season healthy, because he was Matthew Stafford's guy in that offense last year when OBJ wasn't there, he was cleaning up a lot. He was getting screen passes. It was kind of ridiculous at a certain point. And then the wheels just fell off of that whole offense cup. Higby and Stafford, they all got hurt. All three of those guys were hurt come the end of the year. So I I, I, I would side in favor of Higby in, in between those two just based on the potential of total snaps played and just vo- on volume. I mean, Van Jefferson, Puka Nakua, or Higby? Higby has a lot more uh, familiarity with, uh, with Stafford. I mean, Van Jefferson, I'd say a similar amount, but Stafford was looking his way often. Yeah, I'll still take Chig. that's fair that's fair i I just think he's way more efficient uh he's he's more athletic by far over higby i understand Mm -hmm. higby has the reliability with stafford Mm -hmm. uh you know and and has the presence there that he's already established Uh, i agree with that i think it's a safer floor but i don't think his upsides is as high as chigs could be um yeah i I don't i'll still take chig over higby i'll I'll also i will still at the value take chig Uh over dolchich i do think dolchich could score more fantasy points than chig but mm-hmm. at the value of round later, I'll still take Jake. On average, Higby has scored at least 30 more fantasy points on the underdog platform, 30 more points per season across the last two seasons. Tough. 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 Chig reminds me of when uh, Hooper was relevant. Hey, fighting for that tight end one position, Austin Hooper. Leave him be. Jamie, don't mm-hmm. don't pick on Aust- poor Austin Hooper. It's not his fault he can't read a defense. Um, so we have included pretty much like my top five here, Tyler Conklin, Dalton Schultz, now Chiga Conquo. I've got two left that I want to definitely get out there. I've got Taysom Hill, man. I mean, he's coming off the board as tight end 19. He's not a tight end. He's every position. He's a receiver. He's a running back. He's a quarterback. He's a tight end. Call him whatever you want. The guy's a unicorn. 141 fantasy points last year on underdog. 124 the year prior, even if he regresses to anywhere from 100 to 115, that's more than Shig finished with last year, more than uh, Tyler Higby's finished with the last two seasons. I think he's an immense value just because you have no idea what he's going to be on any given week. And I love, love getting him in three tight end sets on my underdog rosters. I think there's very, there's very little threat to that. You're only going to be favoring the spike weeks. And as long as you're backing that up with like some mid-round tight ends, I think you're pretty safe. Like if you went after, let's say, Evan Ingram, Taysom Hill, and then one of these late flyers that we've discussed, I think you're in a good situation to attack spike weeks in general. I think the right outcomes can fall in your favor to bring in, you know, profitable returns. At least get you, you know, to the to the you know advanced rate, you know, at least get you to the end of the year, like a one or two spot in your league. Because if you're going with that approach, then you're cleaning up on running back and wide receiver ADPs. Yeah, I'm surprised actually to hear you say that that you know you you brought up Taysom here because he's going around Chig, Dalton Schultz. I know you like Schultz, Dolchich. I have, uh, but I just I just mentioned I have all of those guys. So going down my list, Conklin, Schultz, Hill, Aconquo. I'm going to save my fifth until this next pick. But then after that, Ingram, Dolchich, Njoku, Pitts. 
I, I like all of those guys. I mean, obviously, I have a fair amount of Travis Kelsey. I've gotten him at uh, uh, $250, so 9.3%. I think that's pretty fair for a top, time, no. top 10 pick still. Yeah, I, the thing I worry about with Hill, and I agree with you, is he's a Swiss Army knife, right? Like, he's going to kind of do mm-hmm. it all. But they did – they now have Michael Thomas back for however long that lasts. Uh, he wasn't there last year, so that helps Taysom Hill. They went out and drafted Kendry Miller with, I think, a third-round pick, which is high in today's day and age. True. They're going to want to probably yeah. use him. Alvin Kamara may be suspended two to four games somewhere no, in they, there. They so said he's going to be suspended. Bit. They just won't say how many games. Yeah, I just think I think it's going to be two to Pussies. four somewhere in there. Um, and, of course, now they have, they went out and got Jamal Williams. So mm. I, I honestly think Taysom Hill is not going to get as much work. Um, I think he will still work himself in. But, I mean, where does he really fit? Like, last year he kind of fit everywhere, everywhere. because they needed everything, right? <laughs> everywhere. Like now, yeah, I mean, and I agree with you on that. I just they, – they went out and addressed some of that stuff, and I, I just – they re-signed Jawan Johnson. I, I think it's going to be hard for him to replicate what he did because all those opportunities aren't just there for him anymore. They're, mm. they're, they can be taken up by other players now. He has 12 rushing touchdowns in the last two seasons. It's just difficult for me to believe to for them to not use him because they're also paying him a lot of money. And I believe that what he provides, you know, the team at the most, like his best asset, is just the disguisability of play calling. He is such a fat, like a disguise factor. Like he's just, just a wild card. You never know what he's going to do. He could just play decoy. He could just play possum on a, on a lot of play calling. And when you're not expecting it, he's going to punch one in. You know, I, I would expect them on the goal line to give him the QB sneak over Derek Carr. Because why wouldn't you? Why would you let yeah, Derek but- Carr fly into the pile when you have Taysom Hill, who's a much bigger athlete, fucking rugby player? True, but why don't you just put Jamal Williams in there? He just showed us that he can obviously do that pretty Better well. offensive line in Detroit. Better offensive line, in my opinion. I, yes, I don't think that, he can bring home the same true. type of results. I mean, I, I don't think he'll bring home the same type of results because they don't need him to here as opposed to right. what the Lions did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think he's good at it. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, he don't. So, don't again, even if NFL you made massive regressions at, at his ADP at uh, tight end 18, I, I still feel really good about it. Uh, Jamie up in the chat, to his point, you don't want to get him unless he's your third tight end. And I'm, I'm totally good with that. That's, that's what I want to do. But there's also just a lot of guys that I like in round 17 and 18 where I feel comfortable taking taking him as my second. I don't want to go into the season with two tight ends on my roster and one of them is Taysom Hill. I don't want to go into the season with you know three, but Taysom Hill is my one. That's not what you should be doing. But get, getting him at value and stacking him with better talent and just being, hey, I'll take the spike weeks and that's it. Because that's how you're going to get high profit returns in best ball mania is very random, high-valued outcomes, like high-projection outcomes. It's not just going to be, oh, yeah, Jamal Williams racking in 14 rushing touchdowns. That would be great to see, but you would need Alvin Kamara suspended a long time. You would probably need an injury to Keandre Miller. And I just feel like because Hill has been in this offense and because, again, they're paying him a lot of money, like if anything, he would need to get cut for him to regress massively. Uh, But I just don't see that happening. Um before we get into your grouping, because we'll just kind of go, uh, you know, this guy versus that guy, whatever, I want to bring up uh, Mike Gusecki. He is my number five. Mike Gusecki finished as a top 10 tight end before last season as tight end nine and tight end seven the two years prior. I don't like Hunter Henry anymore. Hunter Henry is not a guy that's going to give you any strong or significant yak. He is a guy that can be a big target in the red zone, 
but I just don't feel comfortable with Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, and saying that, oh, yeah, this offense is just going to be fine for the wide receivers, whether it's Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. I feel more comfortable going after a potential target hog in Mike Gusecki, and I feel like it's a big potential for a bounce-back season for him. I, I'm not, I don't know. You're grimacing over there. I don't know. I don't know why. I feel like the opportunities are going to be coming his way. I mean, I'll start off by saying, start off with a good shout out Penn State, Mike Kosecki, Penn State alum. I like where he went to college. Yeah, that, that's the good for him. Um, the bad is, I think the Patriots outside of Ramondre Stevenson suck. Um, I, I good. don't hate you're, Hunter you're helping Henry my as point. much as I don't hate Hunter Henry as much as you do. Uh, I think Hunter Henry is still a viable option. I mean, he did do well for them last year, you know, for all intents and purposes. Year, no, the year prior, he did well, I thought. Yeah, two years ago, he had nine receiving touchdowns. And last year, he had two. And he regressed by about, like, nine catches, 100 or so yards. Like, if he's not hitting that high range of outcomes, like, potential to double digits, you're not getting really much. And even in that season, so, he's getting, like, three catches and a touchdown. So let, I guess let me ask you the same question you asked me about Dan Jones is how many touchdowns do you think the combination of Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones are going to throw? No, fair. No, very fair point. I that, don't believe that Gasecki is going to yeah. be a touchdown hog. I think that he can be a target hog in that offense because again, Mac Jones, he wants, he wants well, safe plays. He, he wants safe route running. He doesn't, he's not going to want to push the ball downfield to Juju Smith Schuster constantly. He's not going to want to make big splashy plays with Devontae Parker, but he's trying to stay on the field. Give me the safety valve in Ramondre. Give me the safety valve in Gasecki. And you know what? You're probably right. In between the 20s, it's probably the Gasecki show. Come the red zone, Hunter Henry is a big body target and has a lot of familiarity with Mac Jones. But again, when you're looking at potential yards after the catch, I'm going Gasecki all day. He has a much bigger upside, in my opinion, with what he can do after the catch versus Hunter Henry. I mean, the wheels are falling off, man. They're like, there's only so much he can have left in the tank right now. And that move getting Gasecki, I think, you know, being how familiar they were with him, you know, seeing him play for the Dolphins, he was just completely mismanaged. Like, I'm sure he left a bad taste in people's mouths last year, but that was not the offense for him. I feel like this is a very friendly situation for a Gasecki type player that can act as kind of like a wide receiver tight end combo. Yeah, you know, and in underdog though, like half point PPR, I I do like to focus a little bit more on touchdown opportunity. So again, mm -hmm. that, I think that's probably why I'm more partial to Hunter Henry. Sure. Um, I and it, I mean we're we're splitting hairs here because these guys are going in round sixteen or later. I mean, you're a lot of these are just lottery throwaway picks anyway, right? Like so, Seven, round seventeen it, for Gasecki, yeah. Yeah, well, I was, well, in this last draft I did, he went 188, which was round 16. So he, he was bumped up here a little bit. But yeah, right. round 17 his, his, again. We're his ADP hands. is 189. So getting, I mean, I guess if, you know, if that person yeah, was kind of naked. Round 16. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, again, we're splitting hairs because it's just, these picks, a lot of these are throwaway ones. I mean, this is where all the majority of the rookies goes, where Dawson Knox goes, which again, Knox, I still like out of all these guys. But we're splitting hairs a little bit. Uh, I, I think it's okay. I just. Yes. I worry about the offense. I really do like how many value touches they're going to have, um, which kind of does scare me away from Ramondre a little bit, but Ramondre is so damn good. So uh, th that, that's a whole separate topic. But uh, yeah, Mike Kosicki, it, I, you know what, here, let, let me check because now I'm, I'm interested. I don't even know my exposure on him, but I can bet you it's probably less than 5%. Let's I have 14%. He's my fifth highest exposed tight end, but ended by Chig and Evan Ingram. Wow, I didn't select him at all in BBM yet. I've selected hey. him for five dollars once. I have one point two percent of him. I've taken Seki one time. That's it. 
Jake, what did Abanaconda do? Did he score like his he, fourth touchdown or something? Oh, so he scored a touchdown. I know that. He scored a touchdown. This he is a tight end touchdown. show, Jake. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Jake's on here. Jake's on here. Shout out. Here, here's the merch got himself. Uh, hey. uh, again, hashtag fantasy endurance athlete. If you are like us over here at SGPN and are a freak, love best ball, love fantasy, then you can be a fantasy endurance athlete. Go to Sports Gambling Podcast or no, store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Get your fantasy endurance athlete shirt today. It's comfy. Looks nice. Jake put a little Easter egg on, on the guy. This, this, that, that little guy there. You can't see it. It's really for, hard. But for the Spotify the... listeners, Andrew is taking his shirt off and waving it in the air. <laughs> I should just take it off and hold it here. But on the little guy on the top there, on top of all the steps, which again, this, it looks like steps. If you look at the endurance, <laughs> looks like steps. Shout out Jake. He, he designed this, you know, cool, cool dude. But uh, he put the little fantasy football logo in the middle of the guy's uh, shirt on the very, very top of the step. So again, shout out Jake. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Uh, Jamie was wondering uh, about Jelani Woods. What are your shares of Jelani? Oh, Jelani. I do have more Jelani. I can tell you that. Uh, 5.6% for me. 5.6, 150. Uh, That's one share more than Robert Woods. I have two shares of Jelani in BBM. So that is more than had multiple top five games last year as a rookie. Yeah. I like Jelani. I mean, the dude is massive. The dude is just a fucking tree. Six, seven. Yeah. So was Mo Alley Cox, though, and he faltered off. Yeah. But Mo Alley Cox is always good for a two touchdown game. I I tell you what, I like Jelani Woods a lot, lot more if Jonathan Taylor goes the fuck away. That's true. Fair point. Fair point. Okay. Party on. Very much so. Yeah. Party on. So um, I, I think we should just address it real quick. Um, the, the 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 coupling I have here of Andrews and yeah. Kelsey. It's a very good possibility Andrews and Kelsey both finish as potential like top eighteen wide receivers. Uh, if that's the case, I mean one of these guys is potentially on a on a milli maker here. Um, so I, I just we don't spend a whole lot of time with these guys because everyone knows Kelsey and everyone knows Andrews, right? But I really mm-hmm. truly think that. If you're doing, if you're putting some serious volume into any of these uh, contests, mm-hmm. take your shot on Kelsey and Andrews when you can. Um, Andrews is in an offense that Todd Monken just came from Georgia and used the living shit out of his tight ends. Andrews, <laughs> Andrews could potentially outscore Kelsey this year. That that is in the range of outcomes. Now Kelsey's obviously a he's a unicorn. He's he's the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, you know Kelsey's awesome, right? So I just we don't spend time on it. But uh, if you have your shot, if you're putting some money into this please take kelsey and take andrews when you can it mm-hmm. will be well with your time outside of an injury i still think it's tougher andrews to outscore kelsey if kelsey had actual competition at receiver i i, I could buy into that but tyree kill ain't there juju's not there i feel like it's going to be like 160 plus target season for travis kelsey this year don't you did you know how many uh players got a touchdown pass from patrick mahomes last year i don't know a bunch a lot uh, 11 Okay, that's uh, more just, than you know the average Joe. Yeah, I, I just again uh, the, the the point I'll make here on why I think Andrews could potentially take Kelsey out, and I think it's a smaller potential, but got to be touchdowns. I think it's going to be touchdowns. Yeah, if anything, um, I think Andrews. I mean, because look at who Andrews has to deal with: a Rashad Bateman that we just talked to SGPN Doc himself, Sebastian Fearon, that yeah. cortisone shot in the foot, not great. Uh, mm-hmm. Bateman's not off to a good start. They have Zay Flowers who looks like he's lightning in a bottle. They they're over there calling him Joystick. He'll right. probably be pretty damn good then they have I, the aging obj right uh, it, sure again sure. andrews and kelsey seem similar to me in in the how many targets they have to distribute elsewhere but i feel like i could make the same exact argument 
for TJ Hawkinson in an offense I still believe will pass the ball I, more. Yeah, yeah. Like they, I, I, I believe that they I will agree. pass the ball more than the Ravens, even with the Ravens passing uh, more so this year with Monken under the gun. It, I'm fine lumping him in with the Kelsey Andrews thing. Like I, I agree with you. Oh, yeah. We saw what happened and, when Hawkinson came over last year. He was a target fucking monster. So I, I agree. They have the exit of Dalvin Cook. I don't trust Alexander Madison to be a threat in the red zone. Yes, Justin Jefferson is there, but Justin Jefferson didn't bring home double-digit touchdowns last year. And, you know, shout out to Jordan Addison. Love Jordan Addison. But, you know, his numbers are very inflated on the market right now. Peeping my next uh, pick for 50 picks in 50 days – Jordan Addison under 825 receiving yards. There's only been about five or six rookie receivers that have done that in the past two years. They all led their team in targets, receptions, and receiving yards. That's not going to happen for Addison this season. I see Hawkinson as being the two in the you know pass catching group, mm-hmm. and I feel like he's in line for a big, big year. So I would see your Andrews and raise you a Hawkinson in that in that scenario. Uh, yeah, and and I don't disagree with that. I I agree with everything you just said. Uh, Jamie, to uh, address your question here on the, you know, showed up late. We talked about McBride's, uh, McBride's eliteness. Uh, yes, he was one of the guys I talked about. Uh, round 17, he's currently going. Love the, as uh, Evan Silva says, motherfucking Mackey award winning uh, tight end, Trey McBride. Everyone loves to reference that re- award. Everyone loves to reference that. Oh, dude, it's just funny to say. I, I, yeah, Mackey award winner. I don't know. It, it kind of, when you say Mackey award winner, nerd pops in my mind. And then to find out it's the best tight end just makes it funny to me. Uh, but yes, we did, did talk it, about him. A very good guy to get as your last item. Did Henry Ruggs win that award? Uh, was Henry Ruggs a tight end? Oh, sorry. I thought that was a receiver <laughs> award. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so that's all I got. Uh, Justin, anything else for you on the tight ends here? No, Conklin, Dalton Schultz, Taysom Hill, Chigakonkwo, Mike Isecki. That's my top five. It sounds dangerous, but high range of outcomes. That's what we're going to need. Get your Travis Kelsey's, get your Andrews, get your Hawkins. Don't draft four. Stick to yeah, the two. Do, or not, three. do, not, do draft not draft four three. tight ends. The, um, ignore if, you're in, if you're in a lobby with JM Bruni, please, please draft four tight ends. Every other time, fade that approach. One last question to you. How many tight ends? Pull up your exposure list. I always love looking at this. I'm at 107 teams. How many tight ends have you drafted in total? I've drafted 32 uh, tight ends. 32 tight ends on 107 teams. Oh, here it says that top. Uh, I have 33 tight ends drafted. That's a lot more teams. than me. That's a lot more than me. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so just to give you some of the guys, I'm like onesie so on. Uh, that tells Darnell me that you're doing Washington. a lot of – what's that? Oh, Dar- your exposure. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna give you a couple guys that like I've drafted like once, once or twice here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darnell Washington, who is the backup in Pittsburgh. Uh, Luke, again, uh, if I drafted these guys, it's because I have the quarterback and/or team stack or and/or week seventeen correlation. Uh, Luke Musgrave, uh, Luke Schoonmaker or Schoonmaker, however you want to say for Dallas. Uh, obviously, Mike Kosicki on there. Uh, Jake Ferguson and uh, Higby. Those are the guys I'm all under four percent on. Uh, you want to hear my uh, <clears throat> my twenty five dollar tight ends? Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna laugh pretty hard at one of these names. Logan Thomas. Uh, no, 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 no. I probably have him more than twenty five dollars. My twenty five dollar tight ends, meaning I've drafted them once in hundred and seven drafts. <laughs> Pat Fryermuth. Ouch. Ouch. Ooh. Isaiah Likely. Shout out. You had mentioned him earlier. Damn son. Once. That's it. Once. Oh, that's man. Kade okay. Otten. Kate Otten. <laughs> 
Okay, that, Luke, okay. Luke, Luke Musgrave. Drum, drum roll for number five. Jimothy Graham. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> the camp right. pipe. The camp pipe, man. I just got straight wood on that you shit. You looked like, at me like I was crazy when I said I'm <laughs> looking at the Dalton Kincaid hype, and you're over here with the Jimmy Graham. Uh, oh, uh, I just thought it was fantastic. God. No, if, like if I win a million dollars and that's because of him, like I will lose my mind. Like he is just one of my favorite fantasy players of all time on the team, getting some buzz. I was like, I got it. It was a last round pick. You know, I I, I had to take my shot. I, I just felt like it. But yeah, it, what when you tell me that you've drafted more tight ends than me with less teams, you're doing a lot of three tight end builds. I'm doing a lot of two tight end builds. So we'll we'll see how yes. that works out. We'll see how that works Definitely. out. Like I said, I'm I'm greater late, and normally I go more late than I do great. So yes, mm-hmm. I feel like earlier in the off season I was doing more of the more of the two. <laughs> Jamie Otten Otten is all right, but what were you thinking with Graham? That's a yeah. And well, now uh, honestly, honestly, in your 150 that that you're gonna get to. How many grams are you gonna have? Is, is it just one Teddy Graham, or are you gonna go more? Probably just that one, dude. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then one. that's respectable. Like, that's on. fine, right? Like, why not take? I'll like, tell I you. Do- I'll tell you. Darnell Washington. I'm never gonna. I'll tell it. you the team. I got the team right here. I did it the other day. It was uh, two drafts ago. Quarterbacks: Geno Smith, Derek Carr. Running backs: Derek Henry, your boy Antonio Gibson, AJ Dillon, Khalil Herbert, Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott not even on a team. Jimmy Graham's on a team. Uh, Tyree Kill. Devonta Smith, Christian Kirk, Drake London, breaking the bank, breaking Twitter, George Pickens. You can give me your scowl right now, Adam Thielen, Isaiah Oof. Hodgins, Chase Claypool, super on brand for me. Those uh, those guys right there, Thielen, Hodgins, Claypool, super on brand for me. Wrong side backed of up with Thielen. backed up with elite tight end Kyle Pitts, Tyler Conklin mentioned him already, and Jimmy Graham. Kyle it, Pitts, it could have been Conklin, Jimmy. Yeah, feel pretty good about uh, that. At least That's... you have, at least you have Graham on a three tight end build, and not oh, a two tight of end course, build. no, you <laughs> that can't do that. Much. No, you can't put him in with a with a two tight end build. No, come on, like there's, like when you're taking a shot, like there's always a means to make a practical shot, right? Like I just got my first share of Michael Wilson today, and that was backed up with. You know, Stephon Diggs, Jalen Waddle, Chris Godwin, Traylon Burks, Juju, DJ Chark. And then I got Jalen Hyatt and Michael Wilson. Like, if I'm going to take a shot, I got to be stacked up, right? Like, I have to have exposure yeah. for, you know, reliable starters, right? So there's always an opportunity and there's always a time and place to, to take a stab. Rather have trap Rucker, Harrison Bryant, than Jimmy G. Hey, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham is burning down Twitter right now. Just saying. The, the highlight tapes are there. They're buzzing about him in camp. Um, but yeah, like I said, just one of my all-time favorite fantasy players. Great callback. Golden Grams was like one of my fantasy team names in a keeper league for like, you know, four or five straight years. Love me some Jimmy G. I can't wait for him to tear down a goal post in preseason. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm going to be rock hard. Keep it in your pants. Yeah, I'll try to. I'll try to. I mean, the neighbors are they're They're going to be upset about it. You're going to be able to see it through the yeah. windows. What's that guy doing in there? He's just watching football. Just watching preseason football. That's all. Uh, All right. We are going to head out. Appreciate everybody jumping in the chat. Jamie, Mike, Jake, appreciate you all. I do want to say one last thing real quick. I want to put everyone on alert. 
both uh i'd rather take a shot on tony gonzalez when you come back to me. i think tony gonzalez is singing the uh the national anthem for week one for the falcons so yikes um i do want to let everyone know now now that we are in august draft day three is upon us august 17th starting at three o'clock eastern going 24 straight hours of best ball drafts on underdog so august 17th 3 p.m eastern through august 18th 3 p.m eastern uh, me and Kramer up here uh, will be going all 24 together, staying awake the whole 24 hours, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah, so please join us. Uh, we are doing a bunch of raffles, giving a bunch of stuff away. Uh, you know, essentially the whole thing is donating money to uh, a charity. This year it is the I'm Able Foundation. Uh, you can go ahead and check that out. Uh, we'll be releasing a bunch of stuff on our Twitters. Uh, in, in the discord as well so um, you know make sure you're you're looking out for that stuff if anybody wants to jump in feel free to jump in for one draft or 24 it doesn't matter to us uh you know it's always appreciated if you guys can donate a little bit of your money to try to help some people who are in some bad circumstances uh you know we, we greatly appreciate it and we do have some pretty cool prizes from stuff from pete overzet i know everyone in who's playing best ball knows pete overzet uh all the way through to stuff coming from regular you know sgpn so we have a bunch of different stuff coming in uh, you know, looking forward to it and uh, appreciate everybody who uh, joins us for those 24 hours. Appreciate you guys for jumping into this show. Be sure to check out draft uh, draft day three. Going to be an awesome experience. Jamie's saying he's going to jump in. I'll definitely be involved oh, in a heavy it, amount Jamie. of drafts at night. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're raising money for a solid charity. So be sure to, you know, make some donations, get, enter yourself to win some prizes. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a great experience. And hey, it's 24 hours. Like if, if you miss it, you know, the night you can catch up in the evening, you miss in the morning, catch up in the evening. It's going to be a great time. There's no excuse to miss. You got 24 that's, hours, baby. That's true. That's true. That's uh, it's like being on the clock for eight hours. Right. And you're in your dynasty. Right. League. <laughs> yeah. Eventually <laughs> yeah. you just got to check in. Eventually you, you just, just got to check in. <laughs> exactly. All right. We're going to head out. Take care. Be well, be good. If you can't be good, be good at it. Peace.